Alrighty, it's the 21st of February, 2016, and this will be one of the last interviews on, uh, that I've been doing over the last couple months. Mm-hmm. And I sent you a list of 15 questions. I figured we could just kind of go through them one at a time. Okay. So the first question was, uh, what's the best piece of advice or value that your dad gave you? Well, I can't say actually, you know, said anything in words that was advice, but just knowing what he did for us, he wanted us all to go to college. Yeah. That was one of his big... And he wanted us to go to Catholic schools, which I did and Judy did and John did. But Joe and Jerry started at Xavier and didn't finish. And then Jeff, he didn't. He went to Ohio University. Yeah. So. Is that so you, so you could have a better life from the place of value yeah, and education? Yeah, I think it's because, well, if you think about it, his dad died when he was 12, my dad's dad. Yeah. And his mom had to raise these three boys. So they wouldn't have been able to go off to college, number one. They wouldn't have had the money. Even if they wanted to work their way through, they didn't want to leave her. And so they all stayed in town. Right. And I think that was, you know, partly because of their dad dying when they were, I think my dad was 12, and then Uncle Bobby and Billy would have been a little bit younger than that when he died. Right. <clears throat> but I really think that that impacted his desire for us to all go to school. And I appreciate it. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't. The expense, well, it probably seemed like it back then, but, I mean, he, you know, helped me apply for a scholarship. I got a small scholarship, and he knew what to do, so. But I think that's really, uh, you know, what he wanted to see us all go to college. Unfortunately, it didn't work out for everybody, but they made their choices. Yeah. So. All right, let's go on to the next one. Similar, what was the best piece of advice or value that your mom gave you? Well, I think the value, and again, it isn't things that she said, but she always put us ahead of herself. You know what I mean? It was like what we needed was more important to her than what she needed. Not that she suffered or, you know. She just made it a priority. Yeah, it was a priority, and and she she wanted it for us. She wanted to give us anything she could, and I respect that, you know, because she didn't have a lot growing up, you know. Her folks grew up on farms, you know. They weren't educated. I mean, they didn't go to college. But I think deep down she knew that, uh, you know, an education would be the best thing for us, so she was definitely behind my dad, but I think she also um, made our needs more important than hers. She was self-sacrificing. I I always thought that. Well, you definitely bestowed that quality in yourself on what you've all done for us. Well, I hope I did, you know, but if I did, it's because she set the example for me, Yeah. you know, And, and there's a lot of parents that don't do that. No? You know, there's people that complain about, you know, having to take care of their kids and, you know, not wanting to be around them. 
But I think part of that <clears throat> is the fact that I didn't work when you guys were growing up, you know. And moms who work have to work, a lot of them, and yeah. they don't have time to do much else with their kids except work. Yeah. So for that, I'm thankful for Dad. Yeah. Know that he was able to support us while I was staying at home. Anyway. All right. Well, the next one was, what was your fondest memory as a child? You know, I can't think of any one um, particular one. I can think of a memory, but it's not a fond memory. It's when my brother died. Yeah. I mean, it, like I said, it's, I was only, let's see, he was born in 48, so it's only, two, I was about five when he yeah. died. And I, I don't know how I knew what had happened. I think I've told you that my my dad's brother, Uncle Billy, they had come up for hamburgers, he and moms, my grandma. And yeah. uh, he wanted to go in and see Jimmy, and Jimmy couldn't walk or anything, so he was in his crib in his bedroom. And when Billy went in there, he had died. And he's the one that came out <clears throat> and said, Eileen, you need to come in here. And I don't know if she knew what happened or even guessed it, but obviously that was a a shock. I mean, they didn't predict that he would die early. They just told them that he would never be able to walk or talk or sit up. They would have had to put him in a home. Yeah. So I can't say that's a fond memory, but it's very vivid. Right. You know. But I don't know how my mom did, <clears throat> you know, after that happened. She had the rest of us she had to take care of. She couldn't sit around and mourn for him. Not that she didn't mourn, but yeah. you know what I mean. She still had a family to take care of, and it's probably better that she did. Yeah. Because it probably took her mind off of it. But that's just one of the things that, because of my age, you know, they say most people start remembering things at around age four. Yeah. And I, I was... That was four fifty. Yeah, I had turned five in January, so I was about five and a half. Hmm. So, because it was in the summer, I can't remember what month. I think he was born in August. I don't have that date in front of me, but yeah. <clears throat> anyway, close enough. All right. Well, then moving on to our family. What What's your fondest memory of Dave growing up? <laughs> You're gonna love this. I don't know why this is in my mind, and it always is. When he, when I brought him home from the hospital, I would sit him in the kitchen sink in a dish tub or a dish um, pan to give him a bath. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's hard to imagine Dave, you know, that being that little. But he loved, he loved his bath. But you know, it was easier for me to do it at the kitchen sink than to lean over a bathtub. Yeah. But. He was he was funny. <laughs> <laughs> if you can imagine him being small enough yeah. to sit in the kitchen sink. But it was funny because when I brought him home, all he would do was sleep. You know, I'd give him a bath. I would, you know, nurse him. You know, but he slept around the clock. And I remember thinking, this is going to be boring. <laughs> There's nothing to do. And later, much later, I figured out that what had happened, I think, is they gave me 
some kind of a sedative be for the pain, you know. Oh, right. And I think it passed to him, and he was doped up, basically. <laughs> until, well, until it got out of his system, because, you know, after a few weeks, he was okay. But at the beginning, I thought, is this all it's going to be, just sleeping? I mean, literally, I would nurse him, he'd go to sleep. He'd wake up, I'd nurse him, he'd go to sleep. <laughs> he didn't do anything else except a bath. <laughs> I made him get in the sink for the bath. <clears throat> but that's just the first thing I thought of when you asked that question. So. <laughs> okay, that's a good one. All right, what's your fondest memory of Mike? Again, it doesn't sh- sound like it should be something fond, and I don't know if you would remember it, but he tried to run away one time. Yeah. Have you heard us talk about that? No. Huh? I, I, I remember when he ran away. I don't remember you guys talking about it. Oh, well, he got mad at at Dave because they shared that room, and Dave had done something. And Mike wanted his own room. And I said, Mike, we don't have another room, because Dad, I think, at that point had already moved into the back bedroom. <clears throat> and um, he said he was going to run away. And I said, well, where do you think you'll go? And he said, I don't know, but I'm getting out of here. So I don't know, in a few little bit, he he went out the door. And it was in the summer, Um and I just let him go. I told him, I said, well, we'll be here if you change your mind. <laughs> I did something real, not mean, but, you know. Yeah. I didn't want to try to change his mind. So anyway, he went on down the street, and I didn't know where he'd gone. Well, somehow, he must have told Scott Van Dorn <laughs> that he was going to do it. So uh, what was Scott's dad's name? I can't think of uh, Gary. What is it? Gary. Gary. Gary came over and um, just had a fit that we hadn't followed Mike wherever he went. (laughs) And I said, Gary, he's not going to go very far. I said, he doesn't even have a jacket or anything. I said, he's just, you know, going to. And, of course, we called his bluff. You know, we said, go ahead and run, you know. So, anyway, Gary just wouldn't stand for it, so he went and found Mike. He had gone down to Powell's, uh, you know, you know how their um, field goes down that incline? Yeah. Well, he'd gone down there, and he was laying on that incline, and I'm sure he was scared to death. He didn't know what he was going to do all night. So Gary brought him back home, which I couldn't say anything because, you know, I wasn't going to say, you can't do that. And anyway, when Mike came back, I just treated him. I just said, oh, you decided to come back? I said, are you here to stay? I mean, I just was very, I didn't, you know, chew him out. I didn't try to embarrass him. And he said, yeah, I'm going I'm to stay. You know? I said, well, I'm glad you came back, Mike, because we would miss you if you didn't come back. I mean, I tried to keep a straight face, but anyway. But he he and Dave didn't fight that much, but he had just had some kind of a, issue and yeah. decided he would run away but that's the one that stands out in my mind <laughs> <laughs> good um what's your fondest memory of steve again these are not fond memories <laughs> they're memories and if you've heard me tell this one before when i was trying to train you and and steve <laughs> to use the toilet and we were up at the cabin and he had not learned like to to know when he was going to have to pee to go in to stand in front of the toilet. He just couldn't get that. So when we were up there, 
I took him into the bathroom in that first floor bathroom, and I had a like a potty seat, you know, that you put on the toilet seat so the kids can sit there. And I sat on that little bench that's right across from the toilet, and I gave him a can of Pepsi or Coke or something because I knew if I could make him pee while he was on the toilet that he could see where it came from. (laughs) You know, and realize what what we were trying to get him to do on the toilet. So we sat in there and we sang songs and we talked, and he was drinking his Coke the whole time. And I knew it would take a few minutes to get through, but that's a lot of liquid for a kid that's only four. Well, all of a sudden it hit, and he leaned over and looked down and saw what was happening. He goes, he looked back up at me and he goes, oh, I get it. <laughs> he honestly did not know what was happening when he went to the bathroom, you know, because it had his pants on, you know, or a diaper. You guys had diapers on until you were four. <laughs> Just because I didn't want to fool with potty training because it was such a pain with Dave and Mike. But when I took you to Dr. Bublitz for your um, <clears throat> for your physicals, she said to me, are they still in diapers? And I said, yep. And she said, you know, at four, you just have to do it, (laughs) train them. (laughs) So that's what I did. But from that day on, he was fine. He just didn't know. What happened? He either didn't make the connection or he couldn't tell when it was going to happen. I I never did figure out which, but he was ready. (laughs) I never heard that before. That's awesome. Haven't you? Uh Oh, I've told it to a lot of people. Yeah, he just sat there. And, of course, he could hear the pee, and he, he leaned over and looked down in the toilet, and he, and he looked up at me like, oh, I get it. <laughs> and he really didn't. <laughs> you know, uh-huh. I mean, he just, he knew that his diaper was wet, but, you know, yeah. he didn't ever stand in the toilet or anything. So that was a, <laughs> a real awakening for him. Oh, well. And yours is next. <laughs> what is your fondest memory of me? Well, the the thing I remember the most, I think, is when you were able to walk because you were way behind. At a year, you could not even sit up, like yeah. even to lean, lean against a couch. You You know, you really couldn't. I still had to carry you around. Steve wasn't walking yet either then, but he crawled before you did and walked before you did because, you know, he was the first one born and you were very weak. And Dr. Bublitz had told me not to let you have any solid food until you were at least 12 months old. So I nursed you that whole time. But the minute, or I shouldn't say the minute, but the day I put you on uh, milk, you took off, you gained weight, you gained strength, and you were crawling. Probably by that fall, you were crawling, yeah. and then eventually you walked. So that was a kind of a landmark for you to be able to walk because it was late. I think you were at least 18 months before you were walking. Wow. And I think Steve probably walked at about 14 months. But he wasn't as weak as you because he was born first and he had 
you know, an advantage that you didn't have. But yeah. we took care of it. <laughs> <laughs> but that was your story. All right. Well, what um, next question is? What core values would you like to see passed down onto your family's family? All right, I've I took notes on this because I knew I'd forget if I didn't. Number one is to respect your parents and your siblings, and I think you guys all do that beautifully. You know, you're close with each other. You know, you're still friends, and you know that's that makes me happy because there's too many families that don't get along. Yeah. And then the second one is I wanted you all to find something to do for your life's work that you would enjoy and be successful at. Let me see where that is. Oh, it's Steve. Where's Dad? I think he's downstairs. He can get it down there. Um, yeah, I just wanted you to do whatever you wanted to do which is why I never tried to pick a, a college for you. I remember when you chose your college. Of course, I hadn't heard about it, but you researched it, and you yeah. found a program that was what you wanted. And the only concern I had was going to school out of state, but we worked that out because you got that scholarship. Yeah. And And I think all of you guys knew because we didn't try to push you into any particular field but we offered you opportunities to find what you wanted, and I think you all did it. Mm-hmm. You know, Dave, if, if you'd have told him in high school that he was going to go into computers, he would have – he was talking <laughs> about history at first. Do you remember that? Yeah. He wanted to major in history, and I said, well, that's fine. He said, I think I'd like to teach history, and I said, that's fine too. But I said, if I were you – I would do a second major or some other, at least a minor, in something else because history teachers are a dime a dozen. You might yeah. have trouble finding a job right away, which the first year after he started taking history classes in college, he changed his mind. He said, it's too dull, it's boring, you know. So I said, well, you know, what else would you be interested in? And he had already talked about minoring in computer uh, programming, I think it was, and so he said he, he was going to focus on that, and I said, well, keep your history as a minor, you know, it's something that you might enjoy later on just reading about it, and he did. Yeah. Yeah. So he found what he wanted, and really, Mike, he went to mines, but it wasn't what he wanted. He thought it was, but it wasn't, and when he dropped out, he told me that he just, he was going to do something else, and I said, well, find something to do I said because you're not going to just sit around the house are you he said oh no and so what he did is he signed I don't know if you remember this he signed up at one of those business schools to take a computer programming class so that he could you know get into that and look where he is today and he didn't get his degree but he's got a high paying job yeah (laughs) and he likes what he's doing I think he likes Huh? It's a travel. Yeah. Well, and I think, you know, a few months ago he was talking about maybe looking around for another job, but I think every time he mentions that at work, they give him a raise because they don't want to lose him. Hmm. You know, they don't have anybody else that's as capable as he is at what he does. Yeah. And they pay him well. So I think he's kind of 
for now, he's going to stay where he is. If something else came along that he was interested in, I think he would leave, but yeah. it hasn't. So, anyway, that's that. All right. Well, next question is see if you have any life regrets. And my answer is no. I really don't. I can't think of one thing. <laughs> Nothing comes to mind. What's that? Nothing comes to mind. No. Not that I regret, like that, that I would say I wish I hadn't done, you know. Yeah. There just isn't anything. Not that my life has been perfect either. I mean, nobody's life is perfect, but there's not any big thing standing out that I would yeah. say, you know, I regret. So that's that answer. All right. What advice can you offer to make a marriage last? Love your spouse and always treat her with respect. When I see people fighting and arguing, and I mean, Dad and I argue sometimes, but we don't fight. (laughs) We don't get mad and storm out. Yeah. We just don't. But I think if you love your spouse, you respect as part of that. Yeah. You know, it's disrespectful to argue and scream and yell and carry on. So, and I don't think any of you guys have that in you. Yeah. Which is great. Yeah. And what are you proudest about your kids? The proudest that thing that makes or the thing that makes me proudest is the fact that you are close as brothers and that you love each other. There's so many families. Look at dad's family. Yeah. If you guys were like that, I would whew, and I know it bothered Grandma, but she wasn't here, you know. She's not yeah. here now. If she knew now, I I don't know. I just couldn't handle it. But you guys, because sometimes I'll say, you know, did you hear this from Mike or Dave? or you know, And you guys stay in touch with each other, and I think you care about each other, and that's, that's what I wanted, yeah. is that you would always be close, and I think you will be. Yeah. I can't imagine that you wouldn't. Agree with that. And what do you think makes a good parent? Well, I don't want to brag about us, but I think that what we did, that we allowed you guys to take responsibility for your lives. Not that we weren't here for you. You know, we gave you guidance, but we never did things for you that you could do for yourself. I don't know if you remember that. Uh, Foster Klein, do you remember me talking about him? Uh, A little bit, yeah. Well, he was a psychologist, and the only reason I knew about him, um, I think it was Powell, brought him in as a speaker for the PTA, or PTO, whatever they called it. And I just was interested in it. I didn't really know much about him, but I thought it was about parenting that, you know, it would be interesting. So I went down to Powell and attended that. And I was so impressed with it. Of course, I bought his book. I can't remember the name of it. I don't even know if I still have it. But his main um, rule was never to do anything for your child that they can do for themselves. And it just hit me like a ton of bricks. Not that I was, you know, babying you or anything.
anything. But I can remember when you would get ready for school, I would lay your clothes out, mm-hmm. you know, because I wanted you to go to school with ma- not matching, but, you know, things that went together. <laughs> and it occurred to me that I needed to teach, from, from hearing this Foster Klein, I needed to teach you guys how to pick things that went together, not pick them out for you. That was just kind of a simple thing. But it was the same thing with keeping your rooms picked up, learning how to make your beds, learning how to do your own laundry. And do you remember calling me when you your first week at Chapman? Yes. Yeah. second week and telling me that you couldn't believe there were guys there that couldn't do their own laundry and you were going to offer to do it for them if they paid you. <laughs> Sounds about right. I don't know if that ever happened, did it? Yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of people that just had no idea. They'd always well, I mean, they'd take I their clothes home. That, I used to say that to other moms, you know, when their kids would go off to school. I'd say, you know, you think he's ready? Does he know how to do his laundry? Oh, gosh, no, I never made him do laundry. And I, my mom didn't teach me how to do laundry, but, I mean, as a, as a woman, I think I, you know, I figured it out. But, I, you know, not, most people don't. They think yeah. that it's their duty to do everything for their kids. And I don't. I think your duty is to t- help your kids as you raise them to be able to care for themselves. You're not going to always be there. Yeah. And I think I did a pretty good job. You did. So, and that's where I got it was that Foster Klein book. Hmm. I can't think of the name of that book, but if you look him up on the line, you can find it. But it's and what do you? What's that? Oh, let's get into the next question. Okay. What do you think makes a good wife? One who loves and respects her husband. I mean, that's what the relationship is all about, love and respect. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't have married Dad if I didn't think he would have made a good parent. That was yeah. part of my criteria. You know, I wanted some to marry somebody who wanted to have kids and who I thought, you know, would make a good parent. And I hadn't met Dad's parents when we got engaged, nor had my parents met him, hmm. you know. But we were mature enough to know, yeah. you know, that we were what the other wanted. You know, we we knew ourselves pretty well, so we could know each other. Yeah. If that makes sense. It does. But what is one place in the world you wished you would have seen, you could have seen? Oh, I would have to say Europe, but it's not like I'm, you know, heartbroken about it. Losing sleep. Yeah, exactly. I mean, but if I had to choose a place now to go, that's probably where it would be. But I, you know, I don't. Because I didn't travel a lot, I didn't travel much at all, I, you know, I don't miss something that I never had. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, you guys have all traveled, you know. Yeah. So you would miss it if you didn't have it. But I never did, so <clears throat> I don't miss it. Makes sense. And what advice would you give your grandkids to succeed in the world? First of all, is to work hard in school and get the best education you can. Second, put yourself 
put others ahead of yourself. In other words, you know, be good to other people as well as yourself. And then the third one is to respect your family members. And how do you think you do that? Well, for one thing, just like I've been talking about, you guys were close because, you know, we didn't put up with any, I mean, you had your arguments and stuff, but, you know, you respect each other, you recognize each other's, you know, good things and bad things and accept them. But I think it's an example that we set because we loved all of you and you loved us, you know, and we didn't put up with any nonsense, you know. I mean, you you had your quarrels and stuff, but nothing that was serious. But to me, it's if somebody's a member of your family, you owe them respect, even if, you know, you occasionally argue or something. It's a member of your family. And I think you guys have done a a great job of that. You enjoy each other. You enjoy enjoy being together. You know, there's families that don't even want to be with each other. No. But I can't imagine you guys ever not speaking to each other for any reason. Can you? No. I mean, even as far apart as you all live, I mean, not all of you, but you still keep in touch. Of course, it's easy. You know, you've got your computers and your phones, and, you know, it's not like you have to make a phone call. But you you know about each other. Sometimes I'll say, did you know that Dave did this or somebody did that? And whoever I'm talking to always says, Oh, yeah, I knew that. (laughs) (laughs) So I know that you keep in touch. You care about each other. Yeah. You know, and that's the thing that I'm the most proud of, is that we raised a family that loves each other and always will, I feel. I won't be here to see it, but if you're this close now, I think you always will be. Yeah. Well, did you get the answers you needed? I did. I know they weren't very astute, but... (laughs) No, they're very good, Mom. I mean, I... um... Well, I did sit down because I knew if if I tried to do this on the spur of the moment, I wouldn't think of things, and I wanted to give it some thought. So I sat down one night and just put together some notes here and figured it would help and wouldn't take all your evening up. Yeah, I mean, I wanted to tell you there was... um these two moments that came to my mind with you that they're probably my weakest points in my life when you were there for me. What's that? And the first first one that came to mind is uh, when I was dating that girl, Becca, back in college. And we had had a big fight because she wanted to get married and have kids because her mom was going to pass away. I don't remember away. her, Pete. When was that? No, it was... Second or first, second year of college. The second year, and her name was Becca. I have no memory of that. Yeah. Did you date her very long? Um, year and a half. I mean, kind of off and on. Okay. Um, but she was putting all this pressure on me to mm. get married and have kids because her mom was sick, even though her mom's still alive today, and she wanted to have kids before. Uh, basically within like a couple of years mm. and I was, and I remember that I called you kind of panicked and you just knew the, you know, whatever point you are in your, your day, you just dropped everything and knew the exact right thing to say. 
just said, you know, well, it's it's just, um, you know, she if she remember the girl. Well, that's what I'm telling you. If she, you know, you said something to the effect of if she really loved you, she wouldn't be putting this kind of pressure on you. Well, she wouldn't, you know, she wouldn't put you in that situation and make you, you know, make you force you into that. Like that's not what love is. And it's just I remember that. And then when Nikki was in the hospital a couple of years ago, and I called you, and I that's right after that doctor had basically said, you know, it was a coin flip if she was going to live or die. Mm-hmm. And, and I just kind of, my mind was going down that path mm-hmm. of the, the negative, and you just stopped me right there and said, Pete, you can't let your mind go there. You know, God has, he's looking out for you, and he's got the, uh, he has a plan and you, you got to believe and trust that everything's going to be okay. And don't, you know, just don't think about, you know, the, the negative, like don't go, don't let your mind go there. I, I mean, I was so distraught. Yeah, I don't remember exactly what you said, but that was at least. Yeah. I, I do remember that conversation. Yeah. And I remember of course, it's part just, of that, you know, you know, as a parent, what I was doing is trying to, calm myself down <laughs> as well as you you yeah. know but you you do have to do that sometimes you know like I had to do that to you because you were going down the panic you know where everything yeah. oh it's like oh my gosh what if this happens you know I know how your mind can you yeah. know work like that and I, I felt like I had to just bring you back and hopefully I did you did, and I I will never forget that. I was that was uh, exactly what I needed to hear, you know, in mm-hmm. both 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 examples, you know, I mean, different points mm-hmm. in my life. But well, and to me, that's part of being a parent is yeah. not panicking when your child is in a panic. Number one, you know, and bringing you know being the person in control, you know, for your kids. If, especially in your situations, those two, you yeah. you came to me. I mean, you were you know, you were concerned, you were worried, you were upset. You know, you needed somebody to talk to, and if you can't yeah. be there for your own kids, you know, who are they yeah. going to go to? Yeah, you know, that's the way I feel. Well, well thank just, you for that, Pete. Yeah, it, it meant a lot. Well. I'm glad it did. Nice to hear. I appreciate it. So your next step in this whole process, are you going to interview Dad? Or are you going to put this one together first? Or? Yeah, I'm going to kind of listen back through years. I'll probably take a few weeks off. I'm going to listen back through years and kind of make some notes before I interview Dad. But I'll do that yeah. next. Yeah. Oh, he'll talk your leg off. He'll be fun. <laughs> well, you were fun, Mom. I know a lot of things I didn't know. Well, that's probably true, and, you know, just like the last two things you told me, I had forgotten, but, um, you know, we could talk forever about our life together, but we don't have that much time, <laughs> but I'm glad you're going to put it together and then talk to Dad, because it'll, yeah. be, it'll be good for him, too. Yeah. I'm glad you're doing this. So, you get ready right. for your dinner? Yep. All right. We'll tell Nikki we send our best. Is her job any smoother? No, we're thinking of making a change already. I mean, it's just not worth it. 
Well, I wouldn't have said this, but if you do that, I would say you made the right decision because that's going to be too much pressure on her. And if she gets pregnant, she doesn't need that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, it'd be different if it was a job she loved and the people were nice to her, but it's not. Yeah. And the hours are crappy. From what yep. you told me. So anyway, you have my approval. Okay. <laughs> for her to quit. Yeah. Just, that. Just, <laughs> I'm sure she's waiting for my approval. Yeah, I'll let her know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Pete, I love you, buddy. Yeah. I'm glad you did this. It was yeah. fun. It was fun, Mom. Well, keep me posted when you get it, you know, on paper, and, yeah. and it'll be fun when you get dads, too. Yeah. So enjoy your dinner. All right, Mom. All right, sweetie. Love you, right. bud. Love you, too. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye.